First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. What's going on YouTube? Nathan back with another video. I do apologize uh, for that last video. I actually took that down uh, because it had some internet issues. I fixed it. It's all good now. Um, I do apologize that that happened. So this is episode 11, as I already said. Um, I've already spoken. <laughs> I'm going to reiterate what is in episode 11 for those um, that are like, well, what, well, what happened? So I was I'm talking about the Dallas versus Philadelphia Monday Night Football game. Um, I'm going to get into the WNBA round three conference uh, conference finals. Great games. Connecticut Sun and the Chicago Sky had an overtime thriller. Now the Las Vegas Aces uh, have laid down their first ace against the Phoenix Mercury. We're going to talk about the Baltimore Orioles. And a few things, Washington Nationals as well. I'm gonna talk about the Chicago Bears and how they are they have some some things that need to be fixed. Uh, things around the NFL, NBA, and MLB, uh, and that'll be the podcast. And also, as well, Skylar Diggins has said some things that need to be talked about. But uh, that's that's episode 11. So we're gonna get into it. So I'm gonna start off with. Excuse me, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh was a very one-sided game, in my opinion. Um, uh, where do we start? Um, just offensively for Philadelphia, it didn't look good. Uh, I thought that how <sighs> three games in, I'm a little disappointed with the Eagles. They had the second coming into that game, the the second best run defense. And the Dallas Cowboys ran for a combined 160 yards. Philadelphia's offense still lacks an identity. Mike McCarthy's time management is piss poor. Um, I don't know why you you had two timeouts, and you know the Eagles. It was like a second and 34. And the idea that to not use those timeouts at all, I think that's probably one of the most stupidest things as a coach you can do. Um, and again, clock management has been his biggest weakness since his time in Green Bay. We know that. And really also these first three games of the season. Um 
the officiating has been really, really horrible. Um, so for, uh, in that game, it was. You know, the deck Prescott fourth and goal sneak in. Um, that that was one. That was a missed call. I, don't, I that wasn't even a touchdown. Uh, Kellen Moore. I mean, they look they look legit. The Cowboys run the NFC East. Um, the way the way the Eagles the way they, the way the Eagles were playing last night. Um, if I look at the Washington football team, you know their their team their, their identity is defense, and they're and they're averaging they're giving up an averaging thirty points these first three games. The the Giants stink, um, but the Cowboys will always find a way to let you down. Um, they'll find ways to to really. Mess it up. Um, I, I I'm just really was really disappointed in Philadelphia. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts said it starts with him. He has to be better. I agree with that, but also the offensive line needs to be better. Uh, it just. It was. It, it, I, I don't really know who, like, how to really feel, because I, the Eagles have some talent, but oh my gosh, um, I mean, I, I feel a lot of this starts with front office. I know Jeffrey Lord, Jeff Lord, Jeffrey Lurie, you know, definitely had an issue with Doug Peterson running the ball too much last year, and you know. That, that one interception that Jalen hurts through Devontae Smith had fallen. Um, he was making some questionable decisions. Uh, this is a reality check for the Eagles. I don't, you know, it, it, it just got a. He's inexperienced and unfortunately he's thrown into a situation where you had a quarterback whose confidence was shook with injuries all around. The Eagles, honestly, are just not a good team right now. And they're still developing identity offensive, offensive as I stated. Um, the Cowboys, defensively, they looked really good. That Prescott looks great. Um, they're a playoff team. They're not winning the NFC East. I, I still think that's Washington. Um, some of their interior defensive line I have some questions about as far as Dallas. Um, I just, again, Mike McCarthy and that play in the clock management was, was not that great. Um, for what it was last year, their defense, you know, um, cause they were, they were pretty trash and now they look better. Um, but I, I have a piece of tape and I can't believe I'm really going to do this. I, the reason why I'm talking like this is because I can't stand cowboy fans um, you know, the reason why I say I, I can't stand them because they, 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 come, they, they come out of the gutter when, when they're, when, you know, when they're winning, they're bragging about we're America's football team. 
Super Bowl baby, um, all these different things. When they lose, or you know, some when they lose a game or when they don't make the playoffs, we can't find them. So here's a piece of tape. I mean, actually, let me make sure I just I shared the audio. Which is one second. Let me make sure I shared the audio. I don't want no. There we go. Here's the here's the audio. Shout out to Sean Spencer and Janae Struther. Janae Struther, who's a Dallas Cowboy fan, she can have her moment because it because it, but it it's we it was against the Eagles. I can't even want to play this. What we expected them to do, Janae. We're gonna start with your Dallas Cowboys. Oh, it just pains me to even say this. They got the W. They got the W. Not only did they get the W, they made the Eagles conversation just quiet down. Uh, Man, all that chip and chirper, you know, all this stuff about, oh, we took Atlanta down. They only scored six points. Forget all that, man. We just stomped (laughs) y'all. And not only did we stomp y'all, our defense. Man, I, I'm gonna get to Dak Prescott and our wonderful mm. offense, but that defense showed, mm. Mm. It showed up. Diggs got his up oh, one, two, three. He's got an interception all three games. Sean, let's just keep going with last week. Remember, I told you with takeaways, who has the most defensive takeaways? Oh, oh Sean, <laughs> my Cowboys have the most defensive Ugh. takeaways. Let's Go, Dan Quinn. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you've been feeding them kids, but keep giving them their Wheaties. <laughs> the kids. I mean, we got six rookies on defense. I forgot the guy's name. Okay, now I Oh, the the kid was doing good. Parsons, Eaton, he's doing good. I mean, come on, y'all. Come on, Cowboy fans. This is what they wanted. They wanted to go to battle with us. Dak Prescott's not going to be ready. He ain't throwing a pass in 11 months. What is that defense going to do? Because they weren't nothing last year. Come on. All that chip, chip, chatter. (laughs) Pump your brakes. It's the Eagles. It's the Eagles. Pump your brakes. Come on. Oh, no, 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 no. (laughs) When you got your W from the Giants. You wanted to say it was a W. Yeah. Just for the record, that was an ugly win against the Giants. We we all we all can agree on that. I'm again, as I told you guys, I'm also a fan of the Washington football team. That was an ugly win. Just saying. Now you want to take my Eagles win away? You see how they do? You know, Bashan. On a serious note, man, I, I I felt like they gave us the game. Yeah. They have a super like like. I mean, I mean, I I respect her as a as a diehard Cowboy fan, but I I I I I I can't stand Cowboy fans. It's not all of them. It's it's the ones that are the casual ones. They they, they you know they, when, when they're winning, Cowboy Nation stand up, and then when when you're losing, all oh, they suck. I don't, I, I, you can't find them. You can't find some of these Cowboy fans when they lose. You just can't, and it, it just. Uh, my head's starting to hurt just even talking about the Cowboys. Uh, but it, I mean, it was a, it was a good it was a good win. Um, just I would have liked to see more effort from Philadelphia. Like I said, they still have an identity offense identity on offense to to um, develop. Jalen Hurts is still is inexperienced and he's learning. I think again, I think a lot of it just goes back to last year. This team 
This team is just not the same since that's since winning that Super Bowl. There's just so many weaknesses. I mean, they they gave up 160 yards on on the run game. Ezekiel Elliott's like is like third. He's now third in touchdowns with Dallas the Dallas Cowboys for running. Dak Prescott looked good as you know. It's been a year since he was when he got injured that gruesome ankle injury. He looked really good in that game. Philadelphia, they were down 20 to 7 going in the second half. Help the Eagles get it together. Um, I want to talk about the Chicago Bears. Um, I want you guys to understand this. The, video, the, the points that I've been trying to make to you guys about how the media spins and controls the narrative. I want you to understand how. The goalpost has been moved. What I mean by that is, look how the narrative changes. Everybody said that Justin Fields should be starting. Now, let me purpose my comments. And nowhere in my shape or form am I saying Justin Fields is, is a bust. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that Justin Fields has been thrown into a situation, especially after Sunday's performance, not him, as a unit. Well, you only get a a positive one yard of a of a net game of, of one yard passing, forty seven yards as a as a whole uh, offensive unit. That is disgusting. There's no way in hell that should happen. That starts with Matt Nagy. That starts with the offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, wide receiver coach, coaching. Period. That was awful football to watch. And this is my point, because now they've moved the goalposts and saying, should rookie quarterbacks be starting when they when, at once they're drafted? You have to understand, it's different for every team. It's different in every situation. When Joe Flacco was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens in 2008, he came in a situation where, one, what was the biggest issue for Baltimore? He needed a quarterback. He had Steve McNair. As serviceable as he was, as serviceable as he was, wasn't the same quarterback. Kyle Bowler, by standards, was a bust. You had Joe Flacco, Troy Smith, and Kyle Bowler his rookie year. Joe Flacco, I would say, out of four seasons, he was a starter here in ten years, missed the playoffs four times. The first. After they won the Super Bowl in 2012, but really once the season as a team progressed after, because once he got his contract, this again, this is why I'm not a fan of quarterbacks getting paid um, some amount of money because you're impacting one, you're, you're impacting different positions of the of the football team. You can't sign certain players, but that's a whole other subject for another video. What am I saying? I'm saying that Joe Flacco was drafted into a situation where the team. Was was set. He had pieces. I'm not saying Chicago has doesn't have pieces. I like Allen Robinson. I, I, I like Tariq Cohen, Montgomery, Patterson. Um, they have you know they had uh, Jimmy Graham and, and, and those boys. That offensive line is suspect. That defense is not getting any younger. I mean, Matt Nagy is supposed to be this offensive guru again under the Andy Reid coaching tree. Because let's just call it what it is, people. 
When you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid may call a play or two, but that's Eric Berenemy calling those plays. Say what you want about Mitch Trubisky. I've had conversations with friends about him. While I just think it just it wasn't Mitch. I think it was the system. I think the system failed him. I think his coaching, the coaching failed him. When you come out and say that you feel more respected by the Buffalo Bills, that says a lot about coaching and it says a lot about the organization. That's what it says. It also says more when you have your, I don't even know what you want to call him at this point, second, third string quarterback Nick Foles called on camera saying, this offense just don't work. That's coaching. Then you know it's really bad. That's how you know shit's going to hit the fan if they don't get it together. Where Matt Nagy says, well, any one, any one of these three could start. Question. Why would you throw this kid to the Lions then against Cleveland? Especially against that front four. McKinley, Clowney, Garrett. Miles Garrett didn't hear about him for the first two weeks. And again, I got another piece of tape because I, I got a clip I want to show you guys. You're going to be against a, 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 a team that's got some first-round picks. That can play. You know, where is the shotgun plays at? He's supposed to run this West Coast offense. I, I didn't see that. I saw a coaching – I saw a, a guy get outcoached to the point where he didn't even bother throwing the white flag up. I appreciate him taking accountability, saying it starts with me, blah, 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 blah. We just got to get in the film. We got we to fix it. You've had 150-something days since Justin Fields been drafted. Who you've mortgaged your future for? I, I, I shouldn't be hearing that. Nobody, nobody in Chicago should be hearing that, as Bear fans, should be hearing that. Because you've had you you've had that you've had that time since he's been drafted, even when you got Mitch Trubisky, you had him to fix it, and you still haven't fixed it. Now I think for people to call for the man's job after three weeks, that's not fair. Now if the team is looking outside in, they're not making the playoffs, they could potentially get a lottery a lottery pick. You might have an argument. You might you you can give me an argument. He's made the playoffs twice, but still, him and Ryan Pace, they need to be good. They need to go. But I think the, the way they move the goal, that, that those in the media have moved the goalpost and saying, should rookies start? You have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, look at the situations that they were drafted into. You have somebody here on YouTube. I'm not going to say who their name is. But they said after three games, this three weeks, okay, kind of. One, two, three, three weeks. Trevor Lawrence is a bust. Their response to fixing this problem is starting the backup behind Trevor Lawrence. When you fail to realize, look at his offensive line. Other than Cam Robinson is arguably his best offensive lineman. Look at the wide receivers that he has, other than DJ Clark. They just got a tight end because they were getting no production from their tight ends. They got Dan Arnold now. They wasted their pick on a running back when they had James Robinson. No disrespect to Travis Enemy. 
eating it. No disrespect to him. But that was a wasted pick. Jacksonville, let's look at their draft real quick. Excuse me, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the roster. What's coming up right now? Trevor, uh, Travis, yeah, uh, this is what they drafted. Uh, Tyson Campbell, Walker Little, Andre Sisco, uh, Jay Tuferly, Jordan Smith, Luke Farrell, Jalen Camp. Jalen Camp plays for the Texans. Uh, Luke Farrell is like a third-string tight end. Uh, they didn't really draft a lot of offensive help. But again, I'm looking at Jamal Agnew, who had a good return. Marvin Jones is a veteran. No, no disrespect to him. Uh, Tyron Johnson is eh, He's okay. You have DJ um, Chark. He's okay. I mean, he's, I mean, he's practically his best wide receiver, arguably. And then there's your Jamal Agnew. But I'm looking at your tight ends. I'm looking at the offensive line. And your response in the, the say, start CJ Bethard. This is what the person said here on YouTube. Start him. After three games, when you fail to realize he has a coach that, let's just say, call with these people, doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, you even heard things where he's cutting players because they're not vaccinated. But see, this is what I'm talking about. See, 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 see the, 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 the thinking. And we're not looking at it like this. We're not holding the coaches accountable. We're not holding front office accountable. And, and, and unfortunately, players, there's players that get scapegoated, but there's also coaches that get scapegoated. Case in point, I want to use, I, I sent this to a friend. He agreed with me when I said on this. Players make coaches look like they're the best, while coaches and management make players look bad. What am I saying? Sunday was a great example of Justin Fields. Jacksonville right now with Trevor Lawrence. Trey Lance is, is in a situation where he has a team. Biggest thing is if, if they can stay healthy. Matt Jones was pretty much time Brady 2.0. Baker Mayfield was drafted in a situation where look, we're at them now. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, they've turned French, they're, they're turning franchises around respectively. Zach Wilson's still in the upcoming. Sam Darnold's looking better in Carolina. But I think it's unfair. I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence, and I'm going to get back to Justin Fields after three games to say, oh, he's a bust. When you fail to look around at what's around him, But with Justin, Justin Fields was set up to fail. Now, the biggest thing about Justin Fields, this is the question I have, and this is, this is the question I pose, because the biggest thing now to his development is recovery. How can a guy recover after getting sat nine times? I mean, it, it, that was awful to watch, people. It was embarrassing. But yet we're sitting here now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, saying, should Justin Fields start Sunday? 
and then move the goalposts and say, should rookie quarterbacks even be starting when they're drafted? Let me play this piece of tape. Again, I want to give a shout out to Sean Spencer, um, who's also co-host of Let's Talk Football the Roundtable, along with Nick Rosario and Dollar Crespo. I want you to hear Nick Rosario's rant because he's he is they're both Delilah and Nick are from Chicago. Just hear here, just hear his frustration. Actually, hold on, let me make sure I share the audio. Let me try this again. I do apologize. Share tab audio. Okay. The only team to struggle this weekend. Nick, your Bears, you guys struggled this weekend. Talk to me. How do um, you feel about that, man? Str- struggle? Is that the word you're going to use? <laughs> struggle to- I'm sorry. If, right, if I'm we sorry. struggled, that would have been great. We got our asses <laughs> handed to us by, by being – I don't even – you know, here's my thing, man. And I, everybody's heard all the talk already. Everybody know, you know, Matt Nagy. But look, man, when you get – when you get out coached, see, this is how you know that there's either one of two things going on here, and one of them sounds very nefarious for being a professional coach, and that's this son of a bitch is doing this on purpose somehow. <laughs> because how in the hell are you going to let your rookie quarterback get sacked nine times? Like, serious, in all seriousness, though, this is, this is not a joke, man. That's like almost an NFL record. Nine sacks in one game. You do nothing to get block protection. You didn't do anything to help this kid out no. and you're just sitting there calling your little freaking, you know, little, why is this mm-hmm. kid in the pocket? Why is he not in shotgun formation running RPOs? Why is he behind center every effing time when he's got two seconds to get the damn ball out? Like, are you trying Absolutely. to get this? I mean, no, no. Cause it almost feels like, yeah. well, you know, then you can justify, well, Andy Dalton's our guy. Justin's not ready. No, it's, and Justin may not be ready. Justin may, you know, Justin showed some some inexperience as right. well yes, he did. during this game. I agree he with missed that. a couple of open guys. He read some stuff wrong. But the fact of the matter is, as his coach, you are there to help and develop him, there not get him killed. Yeah. Like you yeah. you sacrificed that kid to the damn Cleveland Browns. Miles Garrett is now gonna have an MVP season because he got four and a half sacks alone on in Sunday's game. Like you literally made like nobody was talking about Miles Garrett the first two weeks of the season. All of a sudden, Miles Garrett's one of the greatest things in the world right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that, to me, that's horrible. That's coaching. And Matt Nagy should have been fired immediately. I know he won't be. This is Chicago. We don't do that. But I swear to you, if that guy is the coach at the end of the year, I think I'm going to have to pay a visit to, to Hallis Hall or something because that's <laughs> ridiculous. This yeah. guy should not be coaching yeah. this team. This guy should not be anywhere near a football team right now. And yeah, I'm being pissed. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You made that you made that kid look bad. You really did. And you can, you know, yeah, you have inexperience, but no, you made that kid look bad. That loss is totally on you. And I'm sorry. I don't. You can fight me if you want to. I don't. I don't see think it anyone will. I mean, just just listen to his frustration. I mean, what more do you need to say? I mean, as far as calling for his job now. That's it's, it's early in the season. 
if you, like I said, week 12, 13, 14, then that's fine. But let's see what it looks like, and let's hope that there are adjustments made because that was disgusting. And this is what I'm saying. And, and, and again, and I tried to explain this in the video I did about the Detroit Lions, and Joy Taylor made some comments, and people kind of went up, came on my ass about what are you talking about? You're not making any sense, and blah, 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 blah. Look at the Detroit Lions. The biggest issue that I see with the Lions and the Bears, they have something that in common. Culture. It starts at the top. When you don't have a winning culture and you care about money and when you don't and you're okay with just being mediocre, that that doesn't sit well with fans. I mean, the, the Bears teams that I saw, I remember those teams where they had Devin Hester, uh, you know, they had um had Darren Woodson there for a few years, James Allen, Marcus Robinson, um, oh, Mike Brown, um, Tony Parrish, oh, who else? Um, Brian Erlacher, uh, Lance Briggs, um, Devin Hester, Jay Cutler, Brandon Marshall, uh, oh, I think it's who came in the running back. His name escapes me. But I remember those some of those bear teams. Uh it just I don't like the fact that now people are coming out and saying, should he been should he have started? He should have started against Cleveland. He should have started against Detroit. Or he should have started against this team. No. You brought Andy Dalton there for a reason to be a placeholder. Let him develop, learn the system, and give him the keys to the franchise. That's what Chicago should be doing. That's what Matt Nagy should be doing. But instead, it's look. It seems like Matt Nagy's going. Okay. Okay, I don't know what to do because he's been pressured. Henry, what's going on, bro? Good to see you. Um, it just seems like he just goes. Okay, I don't know if I need this one game. I'm going to start Justin today. I'm going to start. Andy, am I going to start Nick? Because unfortunately, we've fallen into that trap. We need to see Justin Fields because Justin Fields is a generational talent. Trevor Lawrence. But you have to also understand, look at the situations that they're in. I mean, they, they literally set that kid up to fail Sunday. And now they're coming out and saying, should he start? Why did Nick Foles not start Sunday? Andy Dalton not starts Sunday. I know Andy Dalton's coming off is coming off is you know right now is injured. But why would you put your first your your quarter that 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 rookie, rookie quarterback in that kind of situation? That's horrible. But let this. But again, this is what I'm saying. You coaches get scapegoated, players get scapegoated. But at the end of the day, my point is it's accountability. Maybe it wasn't Mitch Trubisky last year. The times that Mitch Trubisky was there, as I stated. Maybe it was coaching. Maybe it's Matt Nagy. There are coaches who aren't built to be to be coordinators that aren't built to be head coaches. That's in football, baseball, basketball. There's just some guys that aren't meant to be head coaches, and Matt Nagy's one of them. But let's see how it looks. He gets a small pass because he's made the playoffs twice. But 
that that was that was horrible. That that was horrible. Um, around the NFL, uh, Richard Sherman signed with the Buccaneers. I know the injury. I know the, I know the line. The injuries have been kind of hampering the secondary. They're really young back there. Um, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick's relationship virtually ended on a phone call. Um, excuse my language. That's a that, you know some of us say that's that that's a bitch move. Um, I'm all about handling stuff face to face. I know Bill, I'm, and I'm not taking a shot at Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick is an android. Um, he doesn't show emotion. Doesn't show any feelings. Um, you know the relationship. Tom Brady. Look, all the man was just asking for was some help, and. Bill Belichick as a GM didn't really see that. Now I think I think he kind of wanted it his way. I mean, they were even saying where he was treating Tom Brady like a 20-year-old. Um, Tom Brady has has done a lot for that franchise. Um, I just hate the way that relationship that, that ended. Because I was sitting there going, you know what? He could potentially leave. He could potentially go somewhere else. I was not expecting them to win a Super Bowl, Tampa Bay. I was not expecting that. Um, I, I I believe when he goes back to Foxborough, he'll get a warm reception. Um, I'll let the baby booing. I don't think there's any 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 animosity towards Tom Brady, but Bill Belichick has to now prove to the football world that he can win without Tom Brady. Um, so that's all he has to do, plain and simple. Um, do I think they'll shake? I think they'll shake hands. Um, we'll see. But Tom Brady did hit the, you know he he gave that he gave that franchise everything he had. I'm just disappointed that you know you had you had. Owner Robert Kraft didn't and didn't want to sit sit down and make it work with him. Um, so we'll see how it looks. Uh, what else has happened? Josh Gordon will not is not ready to play yet. Um, I read that somewhere. Is Big Ben done? Ben, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I have said this since last year. Uh, that, them going eleven and zero was nothing. That was a fluke. That was just a that that was just a fantasy. Uh, that was just a that was just a that was just a dream. Um, I mean, regardless, the biggest things everyone made excuses and saying, "Well, Big Ben needs offensive line. They have no running game. You know, they're very one dimensional." Uh, but everyone was saying, "Oh, the Steelers are back. The Steelers are back." Going this off season. They still didn't address the issues that they lack. I mean, they still lack an offensive line. I think you drafting Najee Harris was good, but if you don't have an offensive line to help him, especially when it comes to run blocking, that's not going to pan out well. And you have a shaky defense. So on top of that, now all of a sudden people are saying, oh, Ben Roethlisberger is finished. When... You saw that last year where practically he was passing the ball. I think he threw the ball like 60 times. But everybody made excuses for that. 
said, well, he has no, he had no running game. Instead of just saying, well, the Cleveland Browns, you know, kicked our ass, they made excuses for Big Ben and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now all of a sudden, now they want to say, oh, he's not the same. He's done. When you saw clear evidence of that last year. But what do I know? Uh, Des Bryant <clears throat> made some comments um, towards Colin Kaepernick. Pretty much saying, you know, where you at? You know, ever since you took the knee, uh, you know, with the whole, you know, knee stance and different things like that, you know, what what happened to you? Um, I'm going to share the video. I'm going to play the clip of him having it. It was on a podcast with Chad Johnson and Brandon Marshall. And just listen to what he had to say. Sure. I think it's I think it did say it's shared. Oh. Okay, good. Perfect. Respect Colin Kaepernick. But there's one thing that I don't respect. And I said it when I get the opportunity and to get on the stage to say it, I would say it. And I love him to death. So it ain't no hate or nothing like that. But brother, you had the biggest opportunity in the world to create jobs, build jobs, give jobs to people. The people that you was talking about, the people that, that you so-called standing up for, the people who stood beside you, the people who lost their jobs because of you, where you at? I ain't heard from you. He brought the awareness and that's why I respect him. But what's the call to action? It wasn't one. There wasn't no call to action. We had to fight to get admitted. Um, wow. That says that that kind of says a lot. Um, because you know, Colin Kaepernick, if you guys remember, um, took the stance, you know, bringing social injustice on black and brown communities or bringing the awareness to the, you know, atrocities against black and brown communities. Let me say it that way. And, um, Des is pretty much saying like, yo man, here it is. You know, here, this is an Instagram post from a couple years ago. I'll just go ahead and read it. The narrative was to create the dialogue and begin, begin. And that would, that's just the first step. What are the next steps? Where is the action behind the words? How do we expect change if we leave it here? You attempt to gain every entry back into a league that does not agree with your views, what it has and what will change. It is still the same league. At the end of the day, you have all the eyes and ears. Lead the people the right way. Create examples through actions such as Jay-Z has done collaborating with the, like collaborating with the NFL in an initiative to create something benefit to benefit social injustice, as well as helping athletes as myself through life and our careers, helping us, helping us by lifting us through education and knowledge, equipping people to sow the seeds of knowledge into their respective communities. When all is said and done, if nothing changes, what was gained? Leaders create opportunities for the people following them. 
You cannot lead people without giving proper direction. We have to be careful opening up a dialogue that resonates deeply with so many, but have no preparation or solution behind it. Let's make aware of the injustices, but put more energy in finding solutions. That's well spoken by Des Bryant. Um, you know, I, 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 I have made some videos on this, in particular when I made a video in the aftermath of Jacob Blake getting shot, and then when the W144 documentary came out, particularly with the athletes, and also to also also Ice Cube as well. My biggest question, the point that I wanted to get across was, what was the next step? Why, you know, protesting all that is great. But if we're not creating, if we're not taking any action, when I mean action, I'm talking politically organizing, getting people to vote, you know, bringing a, an agenda that is united and backed by votes. When you let these politicians know, hey, you let candidate A, candidate B, C, D know, hey, this is our agenda. If you're not going to back it, you're not supporting it, we're not voting for you. Because it seemed like in the midst of after Breonna Taylor was unfortunately killed, George Floyd, um, Jacob Blake, everybody, particularly in the NBA and the WNBA in the bubble, let's stop playing, let's stop playing basketball and didn't have a plan. They postponed games. My question was, what was the next step after that? Nobody had an answer to that. And I'm still waiting for that answer. What I'm saying is, is that we have to be, we have to be careful, you know, sometimes not careful, but we, but we have to be better at organizing and communicating, coordinating properly, because if you think about it, since then, has anything changed? I mean, there has been change, but there needs to be better change. We need we need police reform, prison reform, healthcare reform, education reform. We need all those things across the board, as far as particularly in the black and brown communities. But it starts when we politically organize and we have a an agenda. We all may not agree on different things, but it's backed and it's united. I'm talking up north, west coast, east coast, down south. Organize, I mean, where we could collectively agree and help systematically make changes. It's on, it's in our hands and it's always been in our hands as people. And Des Bryant saying, hey, don't lead people to the don't don't lead the blind into don't lead don't lead us blind into something and then just leave us hanging. That's what he's saying. What is Colin Ka Colin Kaepernick has done some things, but he's saying, what about the others? And again, it shouldn't be athletes being the forefront. It's everybody doing their part. When I say voting politically organizing, those things matter. And I think that's what Des Bryant was trying to say in, in his point. Because when he's saying leaders create opportunities for people to follow, you cannot lead people without giving the proper a proper direction. We have to be, you know, though, that that's true. You don't want to lead people astray and then the message gets lost or it gets 
trickle down. Because what do we have to stand on at the end of the day? When, and that's potentially that egg that comes back on our face. So that's pretty much what happened around the NFL news. Um, going to transition into baseball, the Orioles. We, <laughs> wow, we lost to the Red Sox the other night. Um, last night, six to zero. That was kind of embarrassing. Um, I don't know what to really feel about that. I mean, the night before we won 42, we put a, a clog in them making the wild card. Uh, we're now 51 and 107 on the year. I'm close to my prediction. I said at first I'm going to lose 100 and like 20 games. I think that's it. That's the only place to lose 110. Uh, Zach Lowther didn't have a great night. Well, I take it. I take it. He, it was, it was one of the best, um, but it wasn't pretty. He gave up seven runs. He did, you know, the last time he saw he faced the Red Sox, he's facing now three times less. I think it was like the first or second match. He gave up seven runs. Uh, tonight, he lasted six innings. He held him just one run. Um, Nathan Adolvi kept us in check. I mean, no answers for him. Uh, we, we had a couple doubles against him, but we didn't have for the first five innings. We only had no more. We just had one base runner. That was embarrassing. Uh, it wasn't until the sixth uh, we brought in the bullpen once again, uh, which has been just a letdown all season, a mediocre, trash, putrid, disgusting, horrible, um, whatever adjective you want to use about the Orioles bullpen. Uh, just It was just disappointing. Um I'm glad we have four more games, five more games, I should say. Because um, my my I, I I just my head hurts watching this this trash. It really does. I mean, shout out to Cedric Mullins. You know, he got most viable Oriole, well deserved. Um. Ryan Matt has had a great rookie year. Uh, Trey, Trey Mama Mancini, um, you know, the year that he's had, you know, coming off colon cancer and being in the home run derby, he's, you know, uh, uh, he, he's a, he could be a potential recipient of the Roberto Clemente Award. Um, John Means has pretty much been our most, our, probably our best pitcher start, starting rotation-wise. Um this, this team stinks. This team sucks. It really does. I mean, I think, like, we're a year or two away. It just, I mean, just the talent could be so much better than what it's supposed to. I thought I would have seen some improvement from last year. I know, you know, there's at least, you know, some the bubble, but damn. <laughs> and, I mean, we did win the other night, 4-2, but – And, and then and then the Nationals they didn't they didn't look too much bad they didn't look too 
better neither. Um, you know, we, I know it, it was a rained out game, so nothing happened. Um, no, the, the night before we lost three to one. Uh, so I think this game is actually, yeah, because I think this game is going to be postponed. So I don't think we can play um, at all. So I think we just got to chalk that up. But the net, we, we got the net, we, we got to face it. The Red Sox. I know Josh Rogers starts Friday. Um, just disgusting. So uh, I know tonight, like I said. It's supposed to play, um, but it just rained. So it didn't even say if the game is even. It looks like it just said that it just it's just postponed. Um, yeah, we lost ten to five. <laughs> Final score. This that's disgusting. So. The Nationals are 65 and 94. They're dead last and they're in the NL East, and we are 51 and 107. Oh my God. <laughs> um, you know what? You know what's even more disgusting? When you have one, two, you could potentially have four teams, two for the American League, two for the National League to lose 100 games plus. That is absolutely trash. The Pittsburgh Pirates are 59 and 99. The Arizona Diamondbacks are 50 and 108. We're 51 and 107. And the Texas Rangers are 58 and 100. That is absolutely disgusting. I need to see baseball season the playoffs to start like today, like I'm serious. They need to start like today. Um, around Major League Baseball, um, Tim Anderson got a three-game suspension. Uh, this is a couple of days ago. I was I'm trying to figure out what what, what happened. Um, oh, he made I don't know what it was. He made contact with Tim Timmons. Um, I mean, he did appeal it, but still, uh, can't do that. Uh, Shohei Otani is done pitching for the year. The San Francisco Giants got the 104th win. I know uh, after the blowout loss to the Red Sox, the Red Sox move up one game above the Blue Jays. Uh, the seasons that Marcus Simeon, he's having a good season. I think he's like hitting like 44 home runs now in the year. Marcus Simeon's having a good year. Um What else? This the uh, same. Excuse me, I apologize. The San Francisco, I mean San Francisco, the St. Louis Cardinals, they won now 17 straight. Um they clutched a wild they actually clutched a wild card spot. Uh, Devin Williams fractured his hand by hitting 
a door. Um, why? Why, why, why? You are a big piece of that bullpen, especially. Um, you know, he's probably already one of the best relievers in the game. Um, that's what was going through your head, Devin? Like, so they said what had happened was he drunk too much and got some it got upset about something on the ride home and he punched a wall with his pitching hand. Um as a teammate, I'd be pissed because he he's a cog in that machine. He's one of the best relievers in the game. And he's part of their postseason plans. And now that he's not there, now I gotta have someone step up in his place. He could potentially just may have just cost he may have just changed our you know the way we pitching wise our strategy. But I hope he gets well thoughts and prayers, you know, hope for a quick speedy speedy recovery. But Um, real quick around the NBA news, um, the NBA governors uh, approved of instant replay changes. Uh, they know they they, they wanted, they wanted some changes done with the replaying, um, it's particularly at the end of games. Uh, a lot of players uh, were pretty much complaining about that. So the NBA has eliminated the referee initiated replay reviews out of bounce violations in the last two minutes and in overtime as well. But the league also said that the coaches challenges, you know, they have more challenges so that they can trick, you know, can show more reviews. Um, so I think that's fair. I think you're going to see more consistency and more better, a better review on playing. Um, The NBA has said that anyone that's unvaccinated, you know, and can't play home games, they're not going to get paid. Um, This is how I feel about it. Well, I'm I'm not a fan of I I, I don't want guys to I don't but money money's serious. What I mean serious is that money puts food on families' tables, it pays bills. Um I would never put my family in a situation where I had to miss games because of my the situation. I'm going to just continue to just be consistent with my point. I just encourage everybody to just do their research. Educate yourself on these things. Because when you have guys like Jonathan Isaac, who I made a video on last summer about 
the whole Black Lives Matter and not taking a knee and not wearing the shirt. Um, made some comments about natural immunity because I think he said he had caught COVID. Um, you know, Kyrie Irving, who's the vice president of the Players Association, um, last year told guys, don't go down to Orlando. Let's cut, let's create our own league. Um, I, I think that we have to be careful with some of the decision making that we do, but again, it's your choice. Um, I just pray for everybody's safety and health. But I just continue, I just you know, just I just encourage people to just do the research. That's it. I'm I, that's I'm just going to be consistent on that. I'm not telling you what to do. You know, I'm not one of these pushers that say do this, do that. I'm telling you right now, do the research, educate yourself, and just be safe. But I hope a guy like Bradley Beal, Kyrie Irving, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Anthony Wiggins are okay with that. As I said. They could potentially miss games, key games. Um, ben Simmons, <laughs> I, I, I've i talked about Ben Simmons so much uh, in the last few videos. I, I don't even really know where to begin. Um, so apparently, a lot of it has to do with Joel Embiid. He wants out because of Joel Embiid. Um, he's saying a lot of it goes back to when Jimmy Butler was there with Brett Brown. You know, it, it's kind of interesting. You know how we've given these guys so much. We, we, we've we've spoiled these players. You know, he felt like the ball should have been in his hand different things like that. So in other words, you mean to tell me that you're holding back your game because it's not going the way you want to. And that's one of the reasons why Jimmy left. Talking about Jimmy Butler. Um, I mean, let me play a clip from first take. Big Kendrick Perkins. Marcus Spears and Stephen A were talking about this because I mean I don't understand because I mean you look at you look at those again those videos it's just a banana and a tailpipe um I'm not falling for that BS I mean this is like the third or fourth year they put those videos out it's bullshit because where is the transition from that gym onto an NBA floor I don't understand that I just don't get it a guy like Ben Simmons is talented. He, with a jump shot, opens up the floodgates. He could be essentially LeBron James 2.0. It's not hard. I don't think what we're asking is too much to ask for. But apparently it is. And he doesn't want to be in Philadelphia because of that it's not going the way he wants it. So why not? I'm going to be selfish and think about myself. And I think the road that he's going is very, very dangerous. It's very dangerous. 
It's the mindset that holds him back. And Ben Simmons, and again, this is what I'm saying with these guys. It's their mindset. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with being a number two. There ain't nothing wrong with that. And, you know, it's funny. I kind of can, it kind of, kind of goes hand in hand, but just follow me, right? The Atlanta Dream. Have that this offseason, they got a lot to think about with one Kennedy Carter because she didn't play this whole rest of the second half of the season because she was on, she's been suspended. She was the second leading scorer last year. Personally, if you ask me, I think there's too many alpha dogs in Atlanta. But what's my, there's nothing wrong with being a number two. As, as great of a small forward Scottie Pippen was, he was the second best player behind Michael Jordan. Larry Bird had Kevin McHale. Bill Russell had Gail Goodrich. Will, Jerry West, maybe Elgin Baylor. You know, I, I just don't understand the modern-day athlete where it's, I, I, I got to get mine, my numbers, I'm worried about my brand, and, and we don't have this mindset, yo, man, I just want to win. My goal is to win a championship. I'm just trying to win games. It, it just amazes me that just the mindset of a lot of these athletes and watching some of this trash, I'm talking about in basketball, football, baseball, doesn't matter. I, it, it, I, I just see a lot of me, 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 and not putting the team first. That's what I see. But it just seems like when everyone gets that money, everyone's all about me, 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 me. I don't I, being number two is like it's like something like it's the end of the world. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's your mindset that holds the team back, it holds you back from being great. And that's what Ben Simmons doesn't get. That's what a lot of some of these other athletes don't get. But let me play the clip. I'm actually good on time. Record. What's the real reason that you're hearing Simmons wants out of Philly? Well, well Miley is simple. He's scared. He's scared. And it's not because of basketball or playing with Joel and B and that the process don't work because he didn't think about the process when he signed that five-year, 177 million dollar extension. He didn't think about it not working then. Here's the fact. Ben Simmons played poorly the last part of the season. We all witnessed that. We all I think the brother probably took, you know, three shots in, in seven games against the Atlanta Hawks in the fourth quarter. Three. And so at the end of the day, right now, Ben Simmons is pointing the finger at everybody except who we need to be pointed at. And that's Ben Simmons. Look, it's not easy. I get it, right? As a professional athlete or doing anything that you have to deal with a crowd or deal with feedback on social media or whatever the case may be. But he's afraid to face the crowd. He's afraid to step in that arena and hear those boos and silence the critics. And this is part of the reason why I get so angry at guys is because it allows these old school guys like Stephen A. and, 
and, and, and, and everybody else to say, you know what, this generation is soft. Not talking down on the actual skill set, but the mindset. The mindset of trying of going out there and saying, you know what, I got the mentality. I was watching the Gilbert Arena Gilbert Arena's podcast. Love and respect the brother. And I heard him say, you know, Doc Rivers didn't use him right and he should be used and put in a position like Giannis where he's not Giannis. And it's because of the mindset. We saw what Giannis did last year in the finals. He went to the free throw line, something that we thought that he couldn't do or he showed us that he couldn't do. He went and knocked down, I believe, there was 17 out of 19 free throws Trash on the stage of, uh, of basketball. And so when I look at certain situations, I take even looking at, you know, television, for example. Can you put us up where I can see everybody's faces? I need to see everybody's faces. Sure. You know, because you think about television, right? And people think it's easy. I got a whole lot of respect for Stephen A. I got a whole lot of respect for Molly. I got a whole lot of respect for Swag. You know why? Because I'm new in this TV area, right? Y'all been doing it for a very long time and doing a great job in it. And I get stopped all the time and they ask me, is it perk? How you deal with it? How's it going being on TV? And you know what? When I first started, I had a lot of critics. I had a lot of critics. Oh, Perk ain't going to be on TV for long. He speak with broken English. He's not that good. He don't use big words. He don't do this. But look, I didn't sit back. I didn't cry about it. I got better at my craft. I'm going to continue to get better at it. And I'm going to continue to come over here and be myself and continue to prove people wrong. And then all of a sudden, you start Great to see bro. these people to say, hey, you know what? I'm starting to actually like Kendrick Perkins. I'm starting to actually like what he brings to the table. And we all have experienced that. But you got to have a mental toughness right. about yourself. Some type of grown man mentality about, okay. I'm about to stop critics, and he don't have it. Let me say. And, and you know what? And, 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 and right there, that that's that's why, you know, when, when, when I make these videos, it's all about confidence. It's all about mental toughness. It's all about understand that people are going to criticize you different things like that. It's okay. I've gotten comments where people don't agree with me. That is okay. We can be diverse in thinking. We can we, we can have opinions. It's just an opinion. Other than, you know, when you have trolls that make comments that are very inappropriate or disrespectful, um, other than that, Kendrick is not wrong. It's mental toughness. And we can sit there and say, well, some guys aren't built to play in certain cities. They drafted him for a reason because he saw something special in Ben Simmons. But a lot of that starts with coaching, and a lot of that also starts with development. Sometimes it ain't always just about looking at those mixtapes on YouTube, Instagram, whatever you find in that, and going, oh, damn, he's the, he's the next LeBron James. It's more to the aspect of the game than just looking at how far can, is he a good shooter. Can he dunk the ball? Can he do this or can she do that? It's more about mental toughness. Can you take criticism? And that's something Ben Simmons is not good at doing. He doesn't like being criticized. I don't think what people are asking of him is hard. Just learn how to shoot the ball. That's not hard. That's not that's soft criticism. When you have guys like Shaquille O'Neal, Hall of Famer. Charles Barkley, Hall of Famer. Kendrick Perkins, former NBA player. Trying to say, yo, dude, you can be a great player. 
But it seems like you're you 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 you, you have to look yourself in the mirror, Ben, and say, what do I have to do to be a to be a good player? Because right now you're just here. You want to get here, you have to look yourself in the mirror. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. It seems like at this point, though, he seems to be okay with wanting to sell the whole year um, and risk his salary. I know I wouldn't, but that's just me. Um, but, I mean, that's pretty much what happened around the NBA. Um, I know Charles Barkley talked about he could, like, his retirement inside the NBA. So he's like three years left on his contract, so he could leave. He said, I'm not, he's not sure if he wants to stay all three years. He said he could leave, but he doesn't want to leave money on the table. So that means he's not, he's, we'll see what about that. Um, but let me transition into the WNBA. That's going to wrap up. Uh, and I got the last topic of the, and then one more topic after that. Great, great round three of the playoffs. Um, very both very entertaining basketball games. Um, I, I just tell people just watch the game and give it a try, just see how you like it. And and and, and couple people um, that I follow on Twitter, you know, they really were like, "Wow, you know, that I was on the edge of my seat for most for, for both games." Um, I'm gonna start with the Las Vegas Aces going up one zero. Against the Phoenix Mercury. Uh, where do I start? I said that the biggest thing, the biggest key for Phoenix to to win this game was their guards, uh, Kia Nurse and, and Skylar Diggins, and then ha- had to go off. I mean, they had to set and, and Dan Tarasi as well. They had to set the tone. Um, The Las Vegas Aces, they you know they've been in they they are arguably one of the best the top three teams in the league. Um, they've come up short, honestly and truthfully, be due to their offensive style of play. Um, they they don't for some and, and actually and I actually respect this. They are not embracing this three-point shooting, um, but they don't. They, but it, it wouldn't hurt if they created some off-the-dribble plays. It wouldn't hurt uh, because in the playoffs, when the game, you know, especially in the playoffs, because the game slows down and it becomes more physical. That's and 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 again. What, what what I saw, I saw Kelsey Plum, Chelsea Gray, and Raquana Williams go call off for a combined sixty eight points. Um, they hit nine threes, which was really key. Um, they each created their own shots. 
and definitely make plays off the dribble. Phoenix had absolutely no answers for them. Uh, particularly in the third quarter, they trailed by 10. Um, Phoenix had a cut to four before Hazel Wilson scored six straight points. That was the game. Um, I don't know what else I can really say. I mean, Phoenix just had no answers for Phoenix offensively. Um, again, it, it, they got to make shots. I, I, they had it personally. They had it when they had the four, and they took – you know, the key nurse took that three with like 14 something seconds left on the clock. She didn't need that shot. Let's get a quick layup. Let's get a let's get a let's get a look a quick look at the bat a quick a quick play, design something and keep it. And, and if we can't get a three, let's let's go for two, and then just foul. Um, I know that Tarasi's not right now. That she's right now playing with the with the ankle injury. Um, she played 31 minutes against Seattle Sunday. Um, since her injury, I mean, since her injury, the Phoenix has lost momentum. Uh, but they just had no answers. They, especially their bench, to keep up with the pace against Las Vegas. I, I mean. Offensively, Phoenix shot 48% from the field. Um, Liz Cambage is coming off the bench, you know, because she's coming off COVID. Um, but Liz really likes to get into foul trouble. Uh, but again, I can't get mad at Phoenix. I mean, they all had double figures. I mean, Kia Nurse had 13, Brianna Taylor had 12, Tarasi had 20, Griner had 24, and Skylar Diggins had 10. Um, but that bench, I, I just they they gotta step it up. Um especially like in the fourth quarter, uh where you know Tarasi, I think she I think she tripped over with I think it was Derek Hamby's leg, I wanna say it was. And I mean she only came out like a few seconds, but that was it. But it's like the momentum just kind of just was cipher out of Phoenix when she went down with that injury. Um Ricardo Williams, like I said, I said her earlier, which probably in the first quarter was their offense. I mean, <laughs> damn. And and I, I just I, I was I'm a little disappointed in Phoenix. I think they'll win game. I believe they'll win game two. But they they that was that was disappointing. Um, but I, again, Las Vegas is a contender. I, I have them. I, I had them last year when winning the finals last year, and I said it in the one forty four video. You can back and, and I have, and that and I said it. But you know, Derek Derek Handy goes down with that injury. Uh, that kind of changed things. Um, so we'll see what happens in game two. I think the biggest thing is going to be Phoenix has to keep up with Las Vegas pace, especially their bench. 
and and that that ben, their bench is the key to, for me, Las Vegas to winning the series. And Phoenix has to we have to find ways to counter that. Um, but that was that was a very interesting game. Um, but I think Phoenix will win game two. Chicago and Connecticut. This was actually this was a really good game. Going to overtime. Um, let me just say this. If <laughs> that 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 was a classic to me, that was a classic basketball game. I I don't know really where, where, where to start. First and foremost, did no one nobody disappointed. Um, unfortunately, the fourteen game winning streak Connecticut was snapped. Um, biggest takeaways: Courtney Vandersloot um, is the key to to. To, to them shooting. I mean, she had a triple-double. She had 12 points, 18 assists, and 10 rebounds in the double overtime. Um, going in the first half, they shot 53%. Um, I think it was – I saw the statistic. In the three playoff games so far, they're averaging – they're shooting like 52%. Um the last time we seen someone going to overtime was back in 2015. I can't remember what time I had who played in the triple in the overtime game. Um, it was a really good game. I, I, we're, we're, again, John Quill Jones and Candace Parker, they had they had a great game. I mean, this back and forth. Um, 14 lead changes, 15 ties. Uh, Brianna, I, I, I can't say enough about Brianna Jones, man. Um, the girl can play. Trust your eyes. Um, I mean, the only thing I can say defensively for Connecticut, they just didn't have answers for Vandersloot. Um, I mean, she controlled the, the she controlled the tempo from from beginning to the end. Um. John Quill Jones, very physical, was everywhere. Um, I mean, they were doing everything. But again, I just feel like Connecticut just couldn't find that. They just couldn't find. They just couldn't get a a run going. Um, it wasn't until like when John Quill Jones hit was like she was at the two free throws to tie the eighty two with like a minute, like ninety seconds left. Um, but I mean, just. Then just going back and forth those last like ninety seconds trading buckets. Um, I, I they, they just defensively, you know, Connecticut again, and and, and I said this about Minnesota, Chicago's pace. I mean, they were just with, with the, the threes, the transition, the transition threes. I, I mean. They had, I think they were up by like 11 in the first quarter. Um, 
I will say this. I mean, they had nine days off, and yes, it definitely you could see some rust. Um, but I believe Connecticut will will, will, will will step up. I believe that I have Connecticut going to the finals. Um, I do because I have to eat my words after I sat there and said, "Oh, the Washington Miss, I let it go, Nathan." Um, I'm sorry, but no, I, I, Connecticut will bounce, but will bounce back in game two. It was a great double overtime game, um, and, and everybody came out to play. I, I, again, I, that's the only thing I can take away from it. Um, I mean, damn, you know, offensively they just they just got they just, they just, they just need to just be a little bit more efficient. Um, and they gotta contain Courtney Vandersloot. That's key. They gotta can they gotta contain Chicago's transition offense, their pace. And again, Connecticut's one of those teams too. They don't shoot a lot of threes either. because uh, again, this this notion, well, I mean they do shoot three shoot threes, but you know, they're they have length. And again, I think they can use that to their advantage against Chicago. But man. It just, just, just great, just great games. Um, but again, you know, congratulations to John Paul Jones, Brianna Jones, and Kurt Miller, Coach of the Year, most improved, most improved player, Brianna Jones, and also to made All Second Defensive Team of the Year, and then MVP John Paul Jones, and I'm sorry, Brianne January did make All Defensive Team as well. Can't forget about her, and I want to say Jasmine Thomas too. Why, why I feel like Jasmine Thomas was on that defensive team. She was on, yeah, all second defensive team. So, okay. So, I'm, I'm like, I know there's somebody missing besides Grant Brienne. I'm like, Jasmine Thomas came to mind. So, yes, that was a great pair of basketball games. I can't wait for Game two for both. Uh, they actually play today. I know Phoenix does. I think Connecticut also does too. Let me just make sure I saw that right. Ours are Friday. Yeah, they play at eight. Connecticut plays at eight and Phoenix plays at 10. So I definitely will be tuning in for that because tomorrow is Thursday. So you probably won't see an episode from me until Friday. Crossing fingers. Um, but yeah, man. That's going to do it for the playoffs. I mean, I have, again, Las Vegas versus Connecticut. I do. Um, that's just, those are my finals. My final, those are who represents the East and who represents the West. Um, but last topic of the night, I got to talk about it. Um, I think so. I think by now people know where I stand with the WNBA. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. I've, I feel like the WNBA definitely this season, for my season, there is growth, growth, excuse me, there for sure. Um, but there's still some, 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 some things that need to be addressed. When I mean addressed, um, 
that they, that they they keep them for having to fight for respect all the time. I, I think we need to recognize that these girl these women can play, and this league's not going anywhere. Um, and I think that we can talk about expansion of rosters, you know, different cities and different things like that. But when you have issues like Skylar Diggins, when she tweets, 44 minutes in overtime game, which was a classic, eight-hour trip to Vegas, only to check in into a dirty room. Now the front desk saying, Steph's just saying, we don't have any clean rooms. I think Brianna Taylor, Brianna Turner, Brianna Taylor, excuse me, Brianna Turner said they didn't give them her clean towels. It's somewhere in there. Um, I, Bill Lambeer talked about they were at a hotel and they had to wait like 20 minutes in line to get breakfast. People were standing in a lobby, which like you said, it was like well over a whole bunch of people saying a lobby. Uh, something like that. I can't remember what he, it was something along the lines of that. You saw better accommodations. Same thing, like, again, I, I, I hate to do it, but, you know, if that's LeBron James, if that's the Los Angeles Lakers, you know, they're, they're, they're getting their rooms cleaned. Um, the same issue when the women were in the bubble last year. I mean, they have rooms where there's pulled up carpet, bed bugs, um, just atrocious upkeep of, of certain parts of where they were. In, in Orlando, and Alyssa, Alyssa Clark was the only was on first take talking about that, and I'm surprised I didn't get more media traction than it should have. Um, but things like this, this a, a hotel like that, I think I, I, I look it up. It's decent. I wouldn't stay at it. It's not getting my business. Um, you know, common sense would be, okay, we have a basketball team coming. Let's accommodate. Let's get the rooms cleaned and different things like that. Who who would do that? I, I, I'm checking into a room. I don't know what people do in a hotel room. I don't know that. I'm not sleeping on a funky-ass bed. Dirty towels. Now I, I I don't know what kind of oh this is it they did they tried to give me towels in my room <laughs> uh, that didn't, that doesn't make any sense I mean I don't what is this a Motel Six I mean these are things that you know is the player association aware of it uh, that's that's me personally my ass would have slept on I, I would have to sleep outside I'm sorry I'm not sleeping in no dirty hotel room. Um, I'm not doing that. That's no, I crossed the line on that. You know, I understand with the pandemic, people lost jobs, different things like that. But come on, man, customer service. And and that's, that's piss poor. But again, if that was the Lakers or, or the, the, the Brooklyn Nets, they're, they're not getting that. They're, they're, they're getting, you know, top of the line service. And, I'm, it just points to these issues about 
that need to be that need to be fixed. I know there's a few couple of seasons ago we we're talking about with the WNBA as far as air travel. Um, I mean, there are a lot of issues before we talk about expansion of the league. You know, protection of first round picks. Um, I like to see more games, more games of what you have. Because I, I hate to see these girls go overseas. I do. I don't like it. Because I understand they got to make money, but I don't like to see them risk injury. Um, and I can see, particularly after the you know last year and now with the pandemic, the mental, physical, emotional stress it takes on a, on a basketball player. Um, I have to actually give Erica McCall a shout out. I actually just started watching her podcast. Um, I haven't watched. I watched the first one, but she was somewhere like overseas. She's on the second episode, uh, so I. I Check that out if you had no it was it called like Bird's Eye View um, podcast, something like that. It's really good. The first one she had Sydney Weiss from the Mystics. And she's talking about her life was overseas. But I'm but my point is is that different things like that, you know, expansion of the rosters, protecting the first round picks, um minutes need to be increased, more games. Pay, um, and we got to market the league a little bit better. I mean, the at least actually gotten better in marketing, uh, but it was kind of disappointing. Like on first take, they're promoting the games and talking about, "Oh, the games come on this what time the game comes on," and I'm like, "Y'all can't give any like insight on the like the game, like the league itself. Like this is what's going on. Like <laughs> there are days I, I don't want to hear." <laughs> About, I would like to hear some some WNBA commentary on first take, but that's not. Uh, I, 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 it, it won't happen, and I mean, unfortunately, um, I don't like it because you know I feel like, again, as a fan of the league, there are so there, there are a lot of narratives that these women are killing. Um, and again, I commend, I commend the, you know, the work they put in day in and day out. Um, I, I don't know how they do it. I really don't, uh, especially after last year. You know, so, again, some of these are some of these women are mothers. Um, they're, they they do it all, and. You know. I, it, well, what I'm trying to say is it, these situations can be can be fixed and needs to be fixed. And I think a lot of it just starts with, you know, at your players association and you take it from there. Um, I'm pretty sure they're aware of it. I know Natasha Cloud talked about the COVID testing, uh, how that's very inconsistent. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, I'd like to know how her situation is now. Personally, talk about Skylar Diggins. Um, Please tell me they gave her. I wasn't know that they get her a clean room. I do, because I mean, me personally, I'm 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 look. I'm asking for the manager, or we got to go somewhere else. <laughs> that's just that's just me, because I, I I nah, not not in the midst of a pandemic too. No, that's that that's nah that that can't happen. But um, that's. That's going to end the podcast. 
episode 11 of the of Big Neat Talk podcast. Um, I, I, I'm visibly, I'm upset because I, I that, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. I mean, they're, they're athletes too. They bust their asses day in and day out. They shouldn't get that kind of treatment. That's it. That, that's just, that, that makes no sense. We're checking into a hotel and my room's not clean. But again, for the Los Angeles Lakers, that didn't happen. A head coach of, of, of should not come out and say, well, the biggest thing is the hotel accommodation. You know, we can't sit and, and if we want breakfast, we've got to wait in line for like 20 minutes. That's ridiculous. Air travel. I think they're flying, I think they're flying commercial, I think. I think so, yeah. It's ridiculous. But people are saying this is blah, 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 the WNBA, and they're not willing to do the research. They're not doing, want to educate themselves in the league. I mean, I see growth. The WNBA can can and it always will be successful, in my, in my opinion, and it can be. But we got to kill these narratives about what the league can't do and what the league can do. And unfortunately, you got people here on YouTube, um, one in particular did a I thought it was very creepy um, having pictures of Diamond to Shields and Brianna Stewart. I, I don't know what that was all about. Um, then they made another video of the same. Oh, it's watching. It's boring watching 12 teams. Um, that's like saying it's boring watching all 32 NFL teams, uh, especially the ones that suck. But I mean, again, they're just different. That, that's just just one of many situations that have to be addressed. And before we before we even talk about expanding a league to Miami or Minnesota, not Minnesota. What do they say, Miami, Texas, something like that. I know there was like another. They were talking about a few areas teams where they could expand to cities. Oh, Seattle. No, not Seattle. Portland? I cannot remember where they said a potential relocation. Hold on, randomly, let's 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 do that. Random Google search. I don't see anything about where they could potentially expand. I'm reading this article on sportsnet.com, but it doesn't say anything.
But yeah, man, um, I'm always going to be a supporter of the WNBA. Uh, I wish I feel like I could do more to help kill these narratives and show my support for the league better. Um, especially as a Mystic fan, this season was this season, this season was hard to watch for me because I really sat there. I said they won't make the playoffs, and I got egg on my face. So, um, y'all see, y'all will see a video for me Friday. We have Thursday night football. I got three more, three more games with the bottom three with the bottom Orioles. Thank you. Oh my God! Watch, we get like the number two overall pick. The Nationals preview for the Ravens and the Washington football team. Um, I'm going to try to get a, have a special guest on here. We're going to talk about the playoffs for baseball, MVP, all that. I'm also going to get his opinion on his team. Surprise, I'm not going to tell you who it is. And, yeah, we'll take it from there. But it is 2.36. I'm going off. It's been a long, very long crappy day of work and I'm going to take a shower and go to bed. I hope each and every one of you have a fantastic night. Happy Thursday. Here is to a great week to finish. Let's finish off the great, let's finish off the rest of the week. Here's to the weekend. Bye-bye September. Hello October. Good night. First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these you, young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call him out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs>